Live from the Finley Toyota Studios, it's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. You at three. We're in overtime. Just under three minutes left. Whaley's going strong and he hammers home a dunk. Five o'clock hours here. Karen over from uh, the four o'clock hour. We're just talking about some Mountain West Conference basketball. A little more on UNLV to open this hour, and then we'll get to the NFL and what's happening with the Combine. I'm hanging out here at Parkway Tavern, getting ready for the Kevin Kruger radio show. That'll go down at six o'clock. You still got an hour left in happy hour at all the Parkway Taverns. Half off the apps and pizza, two bucks off beer, wine, and cocktails. Ask your servers and uh, bartenders for the details. We're at the location in the district. So, I was talking about physical play last hour in that game last night for UNLV, Wyoming, hosting the Runner Rebels, and there was consistency throughout the game, Adam, where they were calling about the same game, and guys were getting beat up. They were There was a lot of contact at the rim, but it was consistent. I refuse to get sucked in covering UNLV on, hey, they're always on the wrong side of the officials. Because I don't want to be a fan. And I noticed something from Chris Murray, who writes for Nevada Sportsnet, who said last night's Nevada game against Colorado State was one of the worst officiated games he'd ever seen. And I, I thought to myself, bro, that cannot be the case. You're getting too wrapped up in the story. Frankly, the fans around the Mountain West Conference are just absurd. And I guess it's most conferences. It's all conferences. Sure. But, like, this special assertion that this conference officials are the worst. Well, meanwhile, most officials work like four different conferences. True. Um, They play a physical brand of basketball in the conference. That's the way the teams are built. And honestly, at this point, if Boise and San Diego State are on top of the hill, the games are going to be officiated for teams like that. And Kevin Kruger may have made a wise move. We'll see how it turns out here. They're having a very solid season now at 10-5 and in conference. Uh, he built his team with a lot of power in mind. Uh, and, you know, even Jalen Hill, who went down, is a power player. He would have added a lot inside and out, but he would have gotten very physical. He's probably their best rebounder. He is their best rebounder. But he's out for the year with an ACL. And we've talked about this a lot. Uh, I don't know if you remember. I forget if you were there that day. or who. I think John was with me that day. But we had Tim Miles on, the San Jose State coach. And we said to him, like, why don't you try to break the mold and just shoot like 75 threes a game? And just run. And he looked at us, and he's like, well, that, that sounds like a lot of fun, but I also need to keep my job. I'm like, oh, okay, I forgot about that part. But that's the trend this conference is in, and that's the way the conference is officiated. If you called every foul, then last night's game would have featured, you know, like a heavy dose of Carl Jones going against the seventh big man for Wyoming, and I don't think they have a seventh big man. Well, Everyone would have fouled out. You had to call somebody, call the guy in the barrel. I don't think, I don't even, you know what, I don't, I don't want to make any... Statements here. Either he doesn't like Linder, or maybe he passed away, or even for him, it was too cold outside. I don't think he was there last night. Oh. R.I.P.? I don't know. There was a guy there who appeared to be a, a Wyoming Cowboys slash Buffalo Bills super fan. Well, Josh Allen? No, nah, it was an old guy in a cape, and he had all the, these Bills patches on. I mean, uh, I so assume, he was there. Yeah, I assume it would be because of Josh Allen. It wasn't. It wasn't the biggest crowd. Demond, what do you think when you hear, you know, a, a media member like the Nevada guy <laughs> saying this is the worst game I've ever seen officiated? I've seen the complaints, and I'm not saying this is for the media, but 
San Diego, I mean, we've talked about it. San Diego State can play as rough as anyone. Jaden Ledee is, I say it sarcastically, is one of the greatest big men in the history of college basketball in not drawing fouls. And yet there are San Diego State fans who are like, oh, I can't believe he had a game. They say they can't believe that he's not getting more fouls called on other guys. He had a game a couple weeks ago against New Mexico where he had two fouls, fouls drawn. He he drew 13 fouls. So my point is the, the officiating stuff and the what was us, enough. No, Steve, I'm glad you mentioned this Chris Murray because to me he's a hack. I'm just going to say it. In his rankings that came <laughs> out last week, no, no, not last week, excuse me, yesterday he had UNLV ranked seventh in the conference. So that right there, that lets me know that he is biased when it comes to his coverage of this conference. UNLV <laughs> seventh in the conference? Even if you're projecting, well, you, they have Wyoming. Let's just say projected that's going to be a win. San Jose State projected to be a win. So that's two teams. That's two wins right there that UNLV would have. For his rankings yesterday, he's got them ranked seventh in the conference, a team that's tied for Tie for third? Well, but here's the thing. I, I no. I'll Steve, take. I'll, I don't, I'll, no, I'll you, take. Are you going to defend this hack? I'm calling him a well, hack. Chris Murray, NSN, Nevada Sportsnet. You, you don't have a fan in Demon Q Cotton. <laughs> wow. I'll tell you that right now. Wow, you got really official. Went with the middle initial. Um, there is an unbalanced schedule played. Demon. Now I don't know the schedules of every team that he had ranked ahead of UNLV, but UNLV. I guess you could argue this could be a win. UNLV will not get a game against Boise here and will not have to go to Utah State. So those are the two of the three best teams. They're not having to play a home-and-home home against them. So, But Nevada's third in his rankings. But but that's the reason you can you can take records and look at them with a little more nuance than just, hey, their, their record is this, this team's behind them, what the hell? Nope, hack. <laughs> Nevada's third, UNLV seventh. That's all I need to know, that this guy may be a little biased. Well, I saw him write that um, only five teams had a legit shot at winning the regular season title or getting the number one seed. Again, I would have to check in all the numbers and see what tiebreakers um, are. Now, UNLV would be in the top five in the standings that way. I don't know if he was saying UNLV has a chance to win the league. Doesn't sound like it if he thinks they're seventh. And that was before yesterday's game or this morning? Oh, that was before yesterday's game. I'll read the actual comment that he placed for him. UNLV has won seven of its last eight, the only loss coming at home to Nevada in a game the Rebels controlled for 36 minutes. While an NCAA tournament at-large bid was short-circuited by a poor non-conference showing, UNLV will be dangerous during the Mountain West tournament and is in solid shape for a first-round bye. The yeah, Rebels why? played Wyoming and San Jose. I don't. I know what you're saying. It Wait, what happened? Was, the team. Those were good comments. What are you talking about? But the fact that they're ranked seventh. I don't care about your words. I care about the number that's beside the name. Well, who would you put him ahead of? Let's see. Because like New Mexico, he has a number six. Better. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, Adam, that's not just an all right. They did sweep him, and I know. You know, you say short samples don't matter. Colorado are they, State? Are they, are they better than the Lobos? They are to me. What are you talking about? They beat them twice. Well, I, don't know. I also don't know if he's doing rankings right now or for the season. Right, like right now, I think they are. I think New Mexico's had a better season. Mountain West basketball rankings. The 
these are the, these are his rankings. So I don't know what he meant by these rankings. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put New Mexico ahead of UNLV since they beat him twice, and for some reason the coaching matchup is on the side of UNLV going back multiple coaches. I think they've won in the series ten of eleven and four or five down there. But beyond that, I don't. I don't have. It's it's an opinion, Demond. So whoever he has above UNLV, I'm not going to freak out over. I you I actually I do, him and I'm telling you, I, think I do believe they are better than Colorado State. So do I. We <laughs> has ranked above them. It's fun. I I did an interview a couple nights ago, and I, somebody said, "Who's the best team in the Mountain West?" I said, "Well, the best team is Colorado State. They're not playing the best, and results aren't coming through. But I think they're the best team I've watched." Make that case. I, I just say watching the games, you watch them play. They should be. A, they should have a better record than they do. They are a better team. And again, to me, like results aren't the be all end all. Yeah. If they were, uh, UNLV would be much lower in the opinion. I think uh, I think Colorado State has a void on the perimeter outside of Stevens. Uh, Nick Clifford can face the basket, but he's really more of a, a three four. Um, and in certain matchups in this conference, I think they have a tough time because they're not as big and powerful as other teams. Now Stevens might be the best player and the biggest game changer, so that's an equalizer. But those are some of the weaknesses there, and I think New Mexico, and we'll get a chance. By the way, we're going to talk to Jeff Linder on the show tomorrow, Damon. <laughs> um, and no, what his rejoin is going to be. And we're going to have Steve Alford on the show. Huh? So it should, should be a lot of fun. Adam will be here as well. Uh, we are going to talk to Richard Pitino uh, at the beginning of the week next week as we continue to preview the Mountain West Conference Chris tournament. Chris Murray tomorrow, it, too, also. Um, <laughs> I mean, you can try. I don't think we'll come on with us, but... Uh, at Mountain West Conference Tournament at the Thomas and Mac. You can get your tickets now at UNLVtickets.com, and you can see it's setting up here for a wild time. Um, and yet I still believe that going in, San Diego State and Boise State are heavy. It's probably not the right word, but I think strong favorites to win the conference tournament. So the, the, for me, I had Boise as the best team going in. Um, I think I still have them there. Best team going in, most complete team. You know, They can play that rough style. They can also shoot the three. They've got a good point guard who can get downhill. Very good defensively. But San Diego State's right there with them. I mean, it's the same as every other year. They're both really good. And, and the other teams have got to play great basketball and great defense, and they got to be able to rough it up to take them out. There's a lot of really good teams in the league. I think that's the that's the key. And there's a lot of teams that are bunched up. And really, there's it's hard to say who the best team is because a lot of it depends on matchup of who's playing who and who matches up better. And you know, the team that could be the best team might be the fourth pick or the fourth place team, but they play so much better against the first place team. And just a whole, it's a whole mishmash when the teams are that bunched up tightly. So I would say of all the coaches in the conference, maybe the guy who's the most fun to play for, Adam, might be Tim Miles. Sure. Um, if I were to give some advice to, I'm trying to think who I'd give the advice to, because there's a, there's a lot of, Pardon me. Serious coaches in this league. Who would you? What coach in the Mountain West Conference, Adam? Would you tell? Stop being such a hard ass. I mean, Leon. And I guess we have to add Linder now. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I think Leon. Okay. Uh, no, no, I mean, look, Steve Alford. Okay. Yeah. So there's a bunch of candidates. Sure. All right. Uh, well, I'm clearly making a clunky segue here. The Patriots have... There's now statements out of Patriot land 
that the organization's trying to go in a direction where they're less hard ass. We know what that reference is to, right? Of course. Belichick. But isn't that there, there's only – you can only go down from Belichick? I feel that there's no need to say that statement because we know that the team is going to change from the Belichick ways. Of course you're not going to be as hard-ass without Bill Belichick because no one's going to match that level of gruffness, I'll say. It's, I mean, it's comments that were, these are comments that are stemming from, uh, you know, Gerard Mayo, obviously. Uh, and, uh, you know, when you look at around the room of who's running things up there, uh, Elliot Wolf is, you know, the guy that's kind of taken control of the personnel side. And he's the one that kind of really said the phrase. Um, Gerard Mayo tried to walk it back. Uh, but what Wolf said is we're really excited to kind of get going and try to help improve the team and get us back to respectability. It's a new program, and we're headed in the right direction. It's a new era. We have leadership with Gerard Mayo. I think it's going to be tremendous, unbelievable locker room, uh, all those sorts of things. But uh, the one that the people that people caught on to was the less hard-ass part of the quote that was obviously taken as a reference to Belichick, and I think it is. Um, but Mayo said it's going to be different, but at the same time I would say Bill did a great job for a long period of time. Like, yeah, no kidding. No kidding, he did. But we know what you're saying when you're saying less hard ass. You're obviously referencing Belichick, uh, but they're now saying, no, that's not. Uh, the exact quote was, an open kind of less hard ass type of vibe in the building is what we're seeking. I mean, these, these are all shots of Belichick. Of course. What? Why are we doing this? We're trying to be respectful, and maybe there's a couple of dopes out there who it, won't get it? No, listen, Gerard Mayo said, I don't want you, being the media, to take this as because we are changing, these are shots toward the previous regime. In saying that, we will do it differently and we will feel different. But at the end of the day, we'd like to replicate the success that the prior regime has had. I learned a lot from Bill and his staff. Now we'll see what this chapter looks like in the franchise. How important is this to make the statement before free agency opens to establish the fact that, you know what, Gerard Mayo has been around Belichick. But he's not Belichick. You can come here, you can play hard football, you can get paid, and you can actually have a little bit of fun as opposed to the last guy. Do you think there were people around the league who were like, the same old Patriots, they stayed in-house, who wants to play there? It's not going to be fun. Uh, I think people just assume it's not going to be the same. I don't know that you have to say it. Well, I think you actually I think you do because look at some of the offshoots. Look at some of the tree. The Belichick tree. Matt Patricia was a clown in Detroit because he was trying to be a hard ass. We know Charlie Weiss is a screamer and yeller, and he eventually wore out his welcome. You know, Bill O'Brien is a, a very uh, agitating guy, and now he's bolted off to college to take over Boston College. I still don't get that higher. And then there's Josh McDaniels. And basically, I mean, I guess AP already established it, so he doesn't have to say it with the cigar smoking and, uh, you know, whatever, NWA playing in the locker room and, celebrations and having fun and being more of a player's guy. But if anyone else took over for Sam McDaniels had made it through the year last year, I think someone would have to come in and go, Hey, it's not going to be the same. So it probably is important for Gerard Mayo and company to state this. And now we're seeing, I don't even know what this NFL PA thing is. So what, what are the origins of this? Uh, players get the comment on what in the organization or, or uh, an organization every, they played for pretty much everything it's th they they go through every player in the league and have them vote uh, on a secret ballot 
and they rate everything from how they're treated, how their family's treated. They, they rate weight rooms, training staff, uh, food in the team facility, uh, sp- size of the locker room, space of each locker individually, uh, things like, hey, do you have outlets? Do you have Wi-Fi? Uh, do you have those sorts Damn. of things at your locker? Uh, and is your coach? does your coach listen to you? Uh, if you say, hey, oh, we've, wow. we've practiced too much, do you, does, is he open to hearing those sorts of things? Um, it's a very comprehensive, wide-ranging survey. I'm sorry, are names on it? Or is it anonymous? No, it's anonymous for the players. So this is like a a Yelp for NFL players. Sure. Uh, there's things like, does your team make you uh, be roommates with somebody on the road? Or do you get your own room? A lot of teams... A lot of teams have to pay, like a, a player has to pay a fee to get his own room instead of a roommate room. NFL? Yeah. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, also, I know one one team in the league, uh, the players were upset because of how much the uh, per-child care was at each game, where no every, every team has like a little daycare center in the, in yeah. the stadium, but some teams charge players like $75 per kid. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Really? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of juicy information out of this. Yeah, and all that stuff is included. So how the hell did they do? So how do you do the Raiders? You just based it on the coach who was there. Well, they did the survey early in the season. Oh, they did. Yeah. So and McDaniel's, I assume, got what like a C plus, uh, <laughs> D, and and I'm surprised it wasn't an F. Uh, but it was it was significant enough that in all this wide ranging territory of things that were asked about, uh, the Raiders would have been top five. All of these different things. McDaniel's scores were bad enough that they dropped all the way to number nine overall. He's the only head coach that got a D. <laughs> no one else wow. was below a C. What were some of the biggest complaints? Uh, is the biggest one is the same as it was last year of doesn't listen to feedback. Like that was a big one. Of like, hey, look, we kind of know what we're doing. We know what's going on. We understand what we have to do. Like, listen to what we're saying. No. Good, bro. I, I'll never forget the story that you told. Was it in Denver, Josh McDaniel? Did he have the same car? Did he have two of the same car, and he would just leave the car, the one car at the facility? That was, that's what we were told. That was that was something that was a that, rumor that I <laughs> was leave told. It there and be like, he's there all the time. It, Meanwhile, he's chilling at home with the same car. It's smart. <laughs> Always it's smart. I will give the Raiders credit for this. A minus on the strength coach. Shout out to Deuce, and A plus oh, on wow. the weight room. Yeah, the weight room okay. was really nice. I would say a little. I was a little surprised. I've not had the good fortune of eating in the cafeteria very often, uh, where the players eat. It's it's probably like three or four times over the course of two, two or three years, whatever it's been. It's phenomenal. Well, we know and the Patriot. We know the Patriots loved it. I think they got. <laughs> I think they got an A minus or a B plus. I was like, come on, guys. What are we complaining about here? It's delicious. Yeah, food. Kevin, the B+. Caesar salad bar is insane. It is insane. And they have, like, fresh chicken, fresh uh, steak, and fresh shrimp on the Caesar salad. It's incredible. Wow. The Bengals, F-. minus. Yeah. <laughs> For what? The, the cafeteria? The, the, the yeah, food. the food cafeteria. Yeah. Now, this is right up your alley, too. The whole the whole of salad course. topic. Of course. Do you have all the items to make a good salad? Oh, trust me. They do with the Raiders. The Bengals look like the worst ran team in the league. They're, They're getting you a locker room, though. <laughs> They're cheap. They're getting they in the are. locker room right now. It, it's actually closed for the summer because they're redoing the entire thing. Uh, I remember, uh, it's probably 20 years ago now, just hearing whispers from players, because we used to do a lot of draft coverage. 
wild Jenga game going on here. So I thought someone <laughs> broke their ass outside. Uh, Tyreek Hill ran them over in a drill. <laughs> <laughs> um, we did a lot of draft stuff back at Old Sportsman Radio Network, and you'd have um, young prospects on, and a lot of them would talk about the Bengals. Like, actually, I'm not going to say the name because I don't know if I remember it correctly, but yeah, that they just dreaded going there. Uh, didn't stories come out? Uh, rest in peace on Tony Siragusa. But when he was a free agent, I remember something about him. He was like, after being wined and dined by some other organizations, like a, a trip to go see the Bengals was a freaking bargain basement. Like what? Like they're wine. That's their chance to impress a free agent, and they're being El Cheapo when they didn't have they didn't have a facility to practice in. They didn't have. A home, I mean, it's a lot. And by the way, Mike I Brown's think- cheap, and he, and they don't have a lot of money. And that's. I mean, there. I, I hope people realize by now they're. There are different stratas of owners. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you could be rich and still be cheap. But I, I want to, uh, as, as silly as this is, and as fun as this is, like I do think it's largely responsible for the Bengals getting a new locker room. Of they don't want to be embarrassed by the survey every year. So good for the NFLPA for doing this and for publishing it, and and getting it out in this way. And I, I think it, it tells people a lot. That is awesome. Uh, remember, we got a uh, VGK viewing party with ESPN Las Vegas and Circa Las Vegas. It's actually being moved inside. No stadium swim because of the weather. But you got the race of the playoffs going on. Uh, Golden Knights are on the road against Buffalo. It's a 4P puck drop. JVT and Lindsey Brown will be out there repping ESPN Las Vegas with cool signups and prizes. Your chance to register to win a uh, Circa Gold VGK jersey. Also tickets for future Golden Knights games. And they'll be taking on Buffalo on the road. It's a 4 o'clock start. Uh, it is free to get in. Uh, they certainly encourage VGK gear. They're moving it inside to Circa Sports. Actually, be set up on the overhang bar on the second floor, overlooking the massive sports book and their massive screen. So, ESPN Las Vegas on the road for a VGK viewing party at Circa Las Vegas. Check it out on Saturday. Welcome back to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Swung on, hit high in the air to left and deep. This ball carrying. This ball is gone. It is Dodger debut. Mid-season form there for Tim Nevert on the call. That was a really good call of a uh, Shohei Dong opposite field. Shohei Mania is here. Yamamoto Mania, that one doesn't roll off the tongue, is here. Arash Markazi is here, the uh, king of L.A., Mr. Vegas, He's up with Adam Hill, Steve Cofield, and Damon. Arash, what's up, buddy? Not much. I am doing well. Where are you? I am in Indianapolis for the NFL Combine. Oh, on the advice of Adam Hill, I, I uh, okay. came out here. We'll get, a, we'll get some indie grades in a couple of minutes. Um, I live my life, I live your, your adventure uh, through Twitter. <laughs> and I was looking at Twitter today. I'm like, where's Arash been? I'm like, you better have a, bu- a bunch of tweets coming up, my friend. I'm... I'm I missed the volume. Come on, man. Yeah, you know what? Twitter's not, um, I don't know, so, so social media is not as great as it used to be these days. So what? I consume it, and I, and I don't really uh, participate as much as I used to. But I, uh, what did I do? I, oh, well, I, I posted a picture of Coach from St. Elmo's because you didn't really go to St. Elmo's unless you uh, posted a picture of the shrimp cocktail. So okay. I, did, uh, I did that today. Uh, Q Myers from Raider Nation Radio 920, part of the Lotus family. Um, he said the he said in the past the shrimp cocktail was too spicy for him. 
What does that sound well, like I think to you? that's what it's known for. So, like, I think that's oh, why wow. you go out there. They do that thing where, you know, uh, who they show on, uh, you know, like they. It's like it's like a thing to kind of, uh, you know, tease someone that doesn't know about the Saint Elmo shrimp uh. cocktail. But yes, it's very spicy. It's very hot. Adam Hill, um, too spicy for you, right? Uh, no, actually, I go with it. But I, I have said like, it's been passed by Harry and Izzy's for sure. I don't know what that I is. mean, it's it's like under the same umbrella, though. I mean, you go to Harry and Izzy's, and they have the same exact shrimp cocktail. Yeah, cool spot. Andy, no originals. <laughs> for the number four city in uh, Adam Hill's coolest cities to visit around the NFL. Just uh, absolutely absurd. I know, Rush. We don't have to beat him up again about it. How's, uh, how's Kilroy's? Here we go. That's, that is next on the list. That is that is either tonight or tomorrow night. Uh, Arash, I don't know if you got wind of the NFLPA poll that's been released. It is chock full of awesome information. I mean, I think it really is an attempt to shame the cheapest owners and the, the uh, some of the coaches who are a pain in the ass. Uh, the Chargers did not come out well. The old Chargers, they better be changing. And maybe this is the impetus to change. Adam, your note about child care during the game, that was the Chargers, right? Uh, I'm not sure. I think it might have been. Well, Albert Breer said yeah. it was the Chargers. Okay. And because uh, people were making the jokes real quick, that's yep. what happens when you have Phillip Rivers as your quarterback for so long. Oh, that's a good point. So <laughs> so the note was, Rosh, that they uh, they were charging upwards of $75 for the first child <laughs> to be in some sort of daycare uh, during the game and then 50 for every additional child. So I guess the, the Rivers thing does work well. But, but it's one of those things, man. That kind of stuff gets out there, and it's behind the scenes. That hurts an organization with players uh, and getting other players to come in when the owner has a bunch of knocks against him like the Spanos family has had over the years. It's a great point. I love this poll so much because I learned so much not only about the league but about the, the different teams in the league. Uh, it is really important, though, uh, that, that when you are a team within the National Football League, you got to figure out what the other uh, teams are doing because the, this poll really highlights the team's that are not doing what all the other teams are doing, or, or at least with the top half of the league. Like, like, listen, if if fifty percent or more of the league is uh, giving their players three meals a day and things like that, you have to provide that. Like, it's like it's such a small thing at the end of the day for these multi-billion-dollar franchises paying multi-million-dollar players, like. You have to have a cafeteria that's stocked with food that uh, that if players are working out on a Tuesday or like an off day or whatnot, like you have food there. And it, it's it like seems basic, like a small right? thing, yeah. but it's but it's it's so ridiculous. Yeah. But I love this poll because it really does highlight the haves and have nots. OK, well, hold on. Now, here's the funny thing. There are some crazy ones in here. Uh, Adam, did you see who? was the lowest graded owner i did how about the this same team is the highest graded coach yep the chiefs. Uh, players players saying that clark hunt sucks the, the chief's owner that was the most fascinating one to me just because when you look at the track record of success obviously uh like over the past few years um you know i mean what does that say i mean obviously you have um if not the best coach one of the top two coaches uh Perhaps probably the best coach right now in the league. Uh, you know, two of the best players in the league. So you got the coach, you got the player. The owner, it's 
interesting that the players really kind of stuck on what he promised and what he did not do. Apparently, he had promised that he would redo the locker rooms. He did not. I think they got new mm. chairs or something along those <laughs> lines. So uh, that is so interesting to me. You know, this reminds me of the Lakers during the pandemic where they did not do a good job of checking around with, with what the other teams were doing. Uh, and they, you know, they put in for like a loan. And it's like, well, no, 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 you can't do that because like, no one else is doing that. Like, if right. you're one of the teams in the league, what are you guys generally doing? Like, are you uh, giving them breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, oh, oh, okay. Just, I just wanted to check on that because if you're the only team in the league that's charging for daycare, charging for food, right. your cafeteria is closed on a Tuesday when a player goes in <laughs> to work out. I mean, like these are small things, but they're not small because it really does it does affect uh, players. And again, they all talk, and not only do they talk. Steve, now this is public information. Yep, this is awesome. I really love it. Arash Markazi is with us from the Sporting Tribune. So say you went into a random NFL cafeteria. There's some other people there, some of the players. They have a soft-serve ice cream machine. Uh, this is our question of the day. Here's Jesse Waters talking about dudes licking ice cream in public. What's the rule on this, Jesse? For ice cream. You should save that for vacation. Mm. A grown man, especially the president, should not be licking ice cream mm. in public. Arash, uh, are you a soft serve guy? By the way, you could be a scoop guy too. Do you lick ice cream in public? I don't lick. I do like the cup or the bowl. Uh, that is a thing that they've had for years at Staples Center and on Crypto.com Arena, the soft serve. Uh, unfortunately, they stop it at the half. But listen, pregame and at the half, I think a lot of the media members from, that I've heard from around the league do appreciate the soft serve ice cream. Uh, there are cones there. I'm not a cone guy uh, just generally, just because like, you have to complete it very quickly or else it gets, you know, you know, it gets on your hand and things like that. So sure. I am a, not a lick uh, person. I am more of a cup and a spoon. One thing we, we didn't address really about this topic, because I'm kind of anti too, but if is it different if it's like the scoops and the soft serve? Like the scoops of the hard ice cream I think is okay? I, th I, think, I think doing scoops is so dysfunctional and risky. <laughs> Because then you, you could lick a scoop and just, like, drop it right on the ground. Yeah. That's that's too much. Um, all right, how about this? This guy's a psychopath, by the way. Um, he also has rules for soup. Can you play this one? And you know my rule about right. men eating soup in public. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's manly to go like that with a soup and you're blowing on it. It's just not a good look. Okay, okay one, uh, Jesse, if you got to blow on hot soup, you're not a man. Mm -hmm. Because I will have them microwave mine to ungodly levels and I, I don't i don't care S skin is getting burned off the roof of my mouth i want my soup hot and if i want to blow on a freaking spoon i'm gonna do it who is this guy arash are you are you down with eating soup are you are you i love soup no in, I, in public I, right I, in a I restaurant just, i just had some soup today listen generally when you when you uh you could tell if it's too hot right like if the steam's coming out of it and you bring it close to your mouth i mean like you don't need to do the whole blow. You can also uh, wait, this, show a little you know, discipline. It's fine. Yeah, come on now. What kind of soup today? Uh, it was a lobster bisque. Lobster mm -hmm. bisque. Okay. Um, I'm a chili guy. Would, would this Chili's Jesse great. Water? Would this Jesse Waters be anti-chili? 
By the way, why, why, why again are you playing clips from Jesse Waters? Because like <laughs> this is a big, like, this is a big. Is well, in, in their bit to go after uh, Sleepy Joe any way they can, this guy's bit is. You're not a man if you're licking ice cream in public, which it's is, ridiculous. come on, bro. Good, you, you grew up in, like, the richest topic. part of Philly. We're just using him to get into the topic. Or... Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Well, by the way, I mean, and I don't listen to Jesse Waters, but I'm, I'm assuming at least a couple times a week you could play something ridiculous that he says and play it on your show and go after him. But right? only this only this one has hooked us in the last. <laughs> so this All is right. the most important <laughs> one. Um, I don't want to go in this direction, but I am, I'm kind of devastated. I didn't know this happened on Curb. Uh, the topic was addressed, but... Richard Lewis passed away, and he's he's got a really good sports fan background, right, Arash? Yeah, I mean, listen, a big New York sports fan, a big Knicks fan. I mean, this was like 2012, and I I actually forgot about this. I, I don't know how someone found this. Uh, I, someone retweeted it that uh, I was covering a Christmas Day game between the Lakers and the Knicks, and I mean, Richard was like on his feet, like after like every Knicks basket, and following that, he followed me on. Uh, Twitter and you know we exchanged some direct messages back in the day. I mean, I I, I am such a big fan of his. I'm such a big fan of Curb. Uh, there's someone who tweeted out, and I'll retweet it. Like literally 90 minutes of comedic gold from that show since 2000. I mean, it, it's amazing the run that that show has had. So uh, a huge loss, and you know he's been very public about uh, his health. Um, so um. So gl- grateful and glad that he did the l- last season of Curb. What, who slid into whose DMs first? Uh, amazingly, him, uh, and I only did this because I didn't know he was on Twitter. I mean, this was like 2012, and so I basically tweeted that, you know, he's on his feet after every Knicks basket. What a big fan. Now, listen, I don't know if it was Richard Lewis. Maybe it could have been his like publicist. <laughs> I mean, he is one of those celebrities that uh, did follow a lot of people. I mean, like it, it wasn't one of those like he only followed like a hundred and I'm one of them. I think he followed like, uh, you know, th- thousands of people, but uh, I was very happy that I was one of them. What do you think tonight? Is it going to be a weird vibe at uh, whatever they call it now, but it's always Staples. Um, this is actually the last regular season game where the Clippers and the Lakers will both be, um, you know, obviously every home game they're just, they're in the building together. No, but, but yeah, it's the last time the Clippers I mean, will officially be uh, inhabiting the arena as they're going to be moving. Yeah, I mean, this is a very significant game in terms of I mean, it's it, since you know th- this was uh, it's been twenty five years almost that they wow. both you know when they've played they've both been in their home locker room. I think sometimes pe- people ask me you know does the Road team go to the road locker room. I say, no, listen, I mean, they go to their home locker room. So this will be the last game. Lakers, Clippers, regular season, both in their home locker room. Um, I am still hopeful of a maybe a 4-5 seed playoff matchup where we finally get that hallway series. We've come close a few times. But, um, yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, I, I think this, this is a very big moment in Clippers history. I mean, this is the Clippers home game tonight. Uh, they, they've actually been very good at home this season, but I, I, it's really significant. For the first time, um, I guess since they were in San Diego, they'll have their own home. Uh, like when they were at the Los Angeles Sports Arena, they shared that with USC. Obviously at Staples Center, they shared that with the Lakers and the Kings. And so for them to actually have a home of their own where they can you know, hang up the division banners, which there's nothing wrong with that. you know. And I, I think it's... Uh, so I, I expect a very... Uh, a good crowd tonight. I uh, do think the Clippers will win, but 
uh, yeah, this is the end of a run. But I, I am hopeful. I don't think it'll happen. I've been praying for this for 20 years. Uh, we get a hallway series one time. Yeah. That would be awesome. All right, Arash, enjoy uh, India as much as you can, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for the time, buddy. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Wow, too much ice cream and soup talk, apparently, it's with Arash. Great town. It's a great town. Very, uh, what do you mean, enjoy it as much as you can? That's, I don't I, I The times I've gone there, I haven't enjoyed it, so I, I get what you like, but... Your standards are also very weird. Uh, let's give away some tickets. We've got uh, Nitrocross in town. Uh, we talked to Travis Pastrana last week, and he's a big part of this event. Racing behind Planet Hollywood at the Nitro Dome. You can grab your tickets at Ticketmaster.com. It's coming up on Friday and Saturday. We've got tickets for Friday, Nitrocross 364-1100. Two tickets right now. You can grab them at Ticketmaster.com or call them on. Call her 7364-1100. Grab bag on the way. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Grab Bag here on Cofield and Company as Cofield is stepping aside to make way for the Kevin Kruger radio show. Just Adam and I here. Adam, we can go in a lot of different ways. Sure. We want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting the ball in your court. I was very caught off guard. I, I didn't know Steve was leaving. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of things going on. I was just rereading some night stuff from today that I wrote. And I was rereading. Reading myself. your own writing during the show? Uh, well, during the break, I was. Yeah. I well, know. I was making sure that I didn't say anything stupid. Is there anything – they won last night. What's the big win? Well, I mean, when you write a story – I wrote a story today for tomorrow. Oh. Now it's posted. You got to go back and make sure you didn't, you know, screw something up. Isn't that what the editor's for? Yeah, but – I mean, that's – man, it's complicated. <laughs> I, I mean, it is an actual, like, real topic. Like, the editors are checking for spelling, grammar, yeah. that sort of thing. And anything that jumps out, like, is stupid. Like, if I called, you know – Alec, you know, say like Alec Petrangelo, Alex Petrangelo, Alec Petrangelo instead of Alec Martinez, Alex Petrangelo. Like if you mix that kind of thing up, like that would that's something they would catch. But a lot of like the details, that's kind of on you to make sure you have right. Like they can't look up every single fact of every single sentence every day. So you can mess something up. If I said Shea Theodore had a, a he's had an assist in four straight games, he has eight assists over the last four, I could have said had an assist in 14 straight games on accident, you know, something like that. Like those sorts of things, you never know. So you always got to check back and see what you wrote and make sure there's nothing stupid. I mean, back before, when I first started, online wasn't as big of a thing. Uh, we're really going back behind the, uh, the the details of You know, of I'm so glad you brought stuff. this up because when I tried to be a writer a little bit, I said, I don't know how I'm ever going to make money from this. And I said, you know what, guys? No, thank you. Well, that's there's that too. But I mean – um, I, I do have, you know, I mean, we've talked this, we could really dive deep into this. Like my, my mindset and like every time we do a show and I'm sure it's correct in a lot of people's minds, I'm like, well, that's, I sucked. I was terrible. That was awful. I didn't say anything funny. I sucked. I was, I, I was terrible. We've had other people that we work with who at the end of every show take their headset off and say, God, I crushed it today. And I can never understand that mindset. And I know there's people like in, in your jobs out there, if you're, if you're listening to this, I'm sure there's people that are very similar, right? Where at the end of the day, you are self-critical of everything that you did. You're like, I could have made this sale or I could have been better in this meeting or I could have presented this idea better. 
And there's some people at your job are like, man, I'm so good. I am so good. And you have those people in your workplace. And I think there's just two different, really different kind of people. Um, I've always been the everything I do sucks. I'm terrible uh, uh, every day. And when I first started, uh, I was doing, I was laying out like um, what's called agate pages. So if you're reading a newspaper, it'd be like the box score pages, those yes. sorts of things. Like I was doing that, right? So those aren't online. So almost every day, this happened a lot. I would get home from work, and I would sit in my house and say, "What did I mess up?" Like I, I laid out so many box scores today. I laid out so many like tennis results, NBA box scores, NFL, but like standings. What did I mess up? And I would like freak out. And it would be all the way till like the morning. Sometimes like the the paper would arrive at the gas station down the street at like four a.m. and I'd run over and buy it right away. Like ah, let me see what I did. Make sure I didn't get something wrong. Um, oftentimes I would actually drive back into the newspaper to my house, like a half hour drive, and flip through the paper. But this is back in the sure. day when it was the paper paper. It's so, still the pa- there's still paper. But what are you actually gonna change? Exactly, and that's kind of the point, right? <laughs> Where there's nothing I could have done anyway. I just needed to know before, like, if everybody else was going to – and by the way, almost never was anything wrong. But, like, I would think before somebody calls me in the morning to tell me something was wrong, I would need to know it in my mind to be able to go to sleep. Like, it's crazy. That's wild. So now at least we have online. I can go check and make sure, okay, my story's good. There's nothing – not good, but it's 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 there. There's no major mistakes. All right, I can breathe a little bit. But, I, I mean, I panic every day. And the same thing with, with the radio show. Like, I – I'm always thinking I said something stupid or wrong or didn't say something funny or I could have had this joke better, like something. The difference between you and I, I guess I'll say, is I am so hypercritical of myself, but when it comes to what someone else might say, unless it's Q because, you know, he's the boss and, you know, I need his input, you know, further my career. But if it's something that's like, oh, that wasn't good, I don't care what you think. Sure. I, but, but I just mean – I know. <laughs> well, I mean it's it's me, myself, right? Like, again, like with the paper – and, and back but in like the, the day, paper thing where you're like, I, nothing if, I could have changed. Wrong, yeah. I'm like, ah, yeah. But if I if I actually made a mistake, like I needed to know it and I wanted to see it and I wanted to be aware of it and like not have somebody else be the one to bring it to my attention, like I needed to know myself. And even there was times where there was like a slight a slight error that nobody ever noticed that I saw. It was like, ah, I can't believe that. Like the spacing is just off on that. How did I let that happen? Nobody ever mentioned it, but it, to me, it would, it would just kill me for a week. So that's where I'm at. So I was trying to go back. So this all started. Yes, I was looking back and making sure there's nothing egregiously wrong in the story. Also, real quick, I want to say now, it would have been about eight years ago, I applied at the Review Journal to be the guy who puts in the box score. He's like, oh, you need to do sure. a little coding and stuff. And I'm it's, so By glad the way, it, it's not a little coding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a lot. And I'm so glad I didn't get that job because, first off, wasn't qualified for it. But the way you were stressed you were stressing about oh, it. Dude. No way I would have been stressed about it. That much. Bad, bad. People would have been so mad. If you think oh, dude, the baseball box scores. Oh my goodness. Because there's a one page full of baseball box scores every day. And if there was exactly fifteen games, cool. Fits easy. But now you've got some NL box scores with every player from the bench is used, and they're all gonna be listed in the box scores. So and now there's gonna be way longer than the AL. Now you got to try to figure out how to fit those all in. Two games got rained out today. Good luck. you gotta, you got to try to fill that up somehow, find some stats or something to fill it in, uh, try to balance those things out. Like It is a nightmare to do those pages, a nightmare. And it would freak me out every single day. Going back in the bag for something? Stick your hand in there, Dave. Uh, you know what? I, I actually just saw this, and I, I wanted to bring it up. Uh, DeMar Hamlin just kind of went on Twitter during the show 
and said, what did I miss? What is going on? So I don't know if you saw this. He is under attack from a lot of Bills fans right now. Oh, yes. Because he was doing an appearance in his native Pittsburgh, and he said how much love he's felt, how much support he's felt, and he said, you know what? I love playing in Buffalo. Before I retire, the end of my career, I would love to go out as a Pittsburgh Steeler. And Bills fans are mad, mad. <laughs> we mean, supported you through this. We he- we were there for you. Why do you want to go somewhere else? Like he's not saying he wants to go there now. Like one one year with the Steelers before he's done. What are you mad about? And he he was kind of like, what happened? He didn't know that this had blown up to the point that it had. He just jumped back on social media and saw this. Well, I settle mean, down, people. You're closer to the Bills fan base. This sounds this seems about right for how they handle things. Well, I have some bad news for Bills fans. He's not staying after next year? Well, I don't think they care about DeMar Hamlin staying or not. I mean, they just want him to love Buffalo and not want to be anywhere else. They don't care if he's actually gone. But another player on their team three years ago said, it's a dream of mine to play for the 49ers. Josh Allen. You mad mad at him? <laughs> well, we know who. They know he didn't need it. <laughs> you you going to be mad at him too? You gonna freak out on him? I don't think so. Show some consistency. Don't be so mad. Calm down. It'll be okay. That'll do it. Thanks to everyone that was on today: Justin Watkins, Shannon Kelly, Arash Markazi. I guess. Stay tuned. Coach's show coming up next. <laughs>